Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. I appreciate the fact that you can join me as we go through questions about heaven and see what the Bible says, see what we can find out about the Lord giving us a home in heaven when we are with his family. We've talked about this before, the wonderful truths as we go through the scripture and we see things like uh, that we're with the household of God. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15 tells us that here on earth we're with the household of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19 takes it even further that we're no longer strangers to the truth of heaven, that we went upon salvation in Jesus Christ. We will be members of God's household, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. And of course, as we talked about this, going home. We say this in the Christian circles when some Christian, a fellow believer has died, they have gone home to be with the Lord. And that's not an embellishment or a hopeful statement. That's scriptural, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 8. Paul says this himself, reminding us that if we're at home in the body, well, we're absent from the Lord. But we are absent from the body, the Christian is at home. Endemeo is the Greek word, meaning in with his or her people, at home with the Lord. What a powerful, powerful statement. We're at home with the Lord. So we have the joy of being with the Lord, enjoying the Lord, being with the Father, being with the Son, being with the Holy Spirit in heaven, enjoying fellow believers. But then there's something else. We talked about rewards, such as you read about in Revelation 22 and verse 12. Uh, Jesus is coming, bringing his reward with him. But also, we see this, that there are crowns that are named. And in the scripture, there throughout the scriptures are named five different crowns that are promised to the believer. Are these the exclusive number? No, there might be more. Do these talk about a physical crown? How big are they? Do you stack five crowns on your head? How does this work? Well, let's talk about it here because there's a lot of questions here. And so let's go ahead and, and, and deal with this. When we're talking about a promise here that comes out, well, where do we find this first of all? Well, when we go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, we read about one of these five crowns that are given in the Bible. And in it, it says this. In uh, we're, we're reading, Paul is writing to Timothy. That's why the book is called Timothy. In the second letter from Paul to Timothy, in chapter 4, well, I'll start in verse 6, and it says, uh, Paul speaking, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So Paul is talking about being poured out as a drink offering. I find this one of the most significant offerings when I read it through the Bible. Uh, You can find it in Genesis chapter 35, verse 14, Jacob pours out a drink offering uh, for the Lord. Also, Exodus chapter 29, Leviticus 23, talk about the drink offering. And the, the whole idea is when you pour it out, it cannot be brought back up together by man. If I go out here and I pour a cup 
of water out into the front lawn. It's not that I can take my hand and then grab that water and reinsert it back into the cup. Holy, it's, it's, it's gone. Only God, the belief is, only God can bring that back. So you and you, you are giving yourself out holy. It's as significant as the burnt offering, being wholly consumed by fire. The drink offering is poured out. Paul has said, I've given my life. I have poured out this. I, uh, this, this is given. I'm totally being poured out. I've given my life. I've done everything. My departure is at hand. I mean, think about this. This is as if he's ready to. Uh, it, it's like whenever I, I will call back and I'm ready to fly out to go to a speaking engagement or a conference, something like that. And I'll tell, I'll text or I will write my family and say, uh, it's about time. I'm ready to go. Or when we went to the airport to see my son heading back over to the West Coast and he was texting us, okay, I'm on the flight right now. My departure's at hand. The same thing here. But in a much more deep sense, Paul is saying, my departure, it's, it's time to go. And when he says that, it tells us this in verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to also to all who loved his appearing. Now, this is, this, there's so much in here. Paul says, I know that there is a reward waiting for me. I know that there is laid up, as if it's on a shelf, as if it's in, in, in a vault. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And this is especially impactful because this is known as the, the, the Greek word is stephanos, stephanos, the uh, victor's crown. This is a crown that's earned. Diademos is a crown that is given by birthright. This one you earn. This is a victor's crown. You have fought the battle. It's given. It's a trophy. And when Paul is saying this, he's saying this, I do know that after this battle, God will reward. God is a righteous judge, as it says here. Uh, this is a wonderful, wonderful name for the Lord, the righteous judge. He's doing what's right. He's doing what is, uh, what makes sense Overall, we have served, we have been faithful, we are going to be rewarded. And in that, it says this in here, very, very powerful. It is also, not to me only, I'm not getting egotistical, Paul says, and this is only for my doing. This is open to all who have loved his appearing. Now, I want you to think about that because we have people will, will really say, you know, do I get a reward? There's not much that I've done in my life. I mean, I, I've done everything I could, but my resources are small. I'll remind you what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter four and uh, chapter eight and verse twelve. 2 Corinthians eight twelve says it's it is measured by what you have been given, not what you haven't been given. So I'm sitting here in upcountry South Carolina in our farmhouse talking to you on this podcasting studio, and I'm not worried about the fact that our house is not exceeding ten thousand square feet. We're in a very small house here. I don't have a Lamborghini Diablo sitting out in the driveway. As a matter of fact, I really don't even have a driveway. It's just a, a gravel lane there, too. This doesn't bother me. I don't have the highest, most expensive uh, $1,000 suits. This does not bother me in the least. Why? I'm not responsible for those things. I haven't been given an international television ministry with laser lights and a huge stage. I, I would repulse away from that anyway. I don't like the Hollywood appearance of that. Anyway, we talked about that. But see, I don't worry about the lack of funds. 
All I am concerned about is, with the resources God has given me, as it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the first five verses emphasize, are you faithful with what you have been given? And it says this, you do, this is available for all, See, not to me only, but to all who, what does it say? Who love his appearing. And I have been saying this for years and years and years since I started teaching this way back, over 30 years of teaching. Look at the last part. It says, to all those who love his appearing. Don't switch the words around. Not to all those who appear to love him. God with the eyes, the judging eyes of flame of fire, we saw in Revelation chapter 1, which is symbolic of him seeing the truth of the heart, knows if you're serving him or you're just putting on a show. So someone says, oh, I look for a reward. And the Lord says, as we look at the motives in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he says, I'm sorry, you were doing that out of ego. There's no reward there. You were doing this for a promotion. You were doing this to get yourself a better place in standing at the church. Or this, you were just putting on a show. No, there's no reward there. You appeared to love me. And this can go even further to those, as we read about in Matthew chapter 7 or Matthew chapter 13, who appear to be serving the Lord, but are not Christians at all. So there's a huge truth at the very end of this. Not to me only, but to all those who loved his appearing, not those who appear to love him. So what's the reward? Is this a 20-pound crown? Is this one uh, speckled with jewels? Is it heavy? How do I know it would fit on my head? Do I stack them? Do they interlock like Legos? We, We don't know. The Bible is silent on that, and let us leave that to one of the joyful mysteries of a promise. I'm going to remind you once again. It's almost like the the presents under the Christmas tree. We know they're there. We don't know what's inside, but we know it's good because loved ones have laid them there. And I see this as one of the rewards that the Lord gives. It is laid out here as a wonder, and it is so wondrous, may I just repeat that. It is so fantastic that the Lord says, it's a crown. It's a victor's crown. You've won. This is a reward given by a righteous one who does right. That's really what Dikao, the the word righteous means, just doing what should have been done in the first place. So the Lord is going to do what's right. So how can we get an idea? Well, I'll I'll tell you what I'm satisfied with. I will take the Genesis 15-1 approach to this crown. Abraham is told in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham, don't be afraid. I am your shield and I am your exceeding great reward. And if we said nothing else about this, the fact is that God says, do you know what your reward is? This righteousness? It's me. You have been made righteous. You have been made right. You have been made clean because of me. And you know, I'll take that. That I am completely satisfied with that. I know, Psalm 1611, I will be more happy than I could ever be in this life that I will be completely satisfied, Psalm 17, 15. So whatever the crown, whatever the size, whatever the height, whatever it would symbolize, if it is based upon the Lord, I am, Genesis 15, 1, your exceeding great reward. This crown of righteousness, which I believe is the fact is, we are made right before the Lord. And that's a crown in itself. 
whatever it would be, it's a reward. It's from the Lord, and we can glorify in it. That we will be recognized for our service on earth, that we truly look for Jesus coming, and we labored that way. Thank you so much. This is Brad here, and this has been Questions About Heaven. We've been talking about one of the crowns. We'll talk about some more of the crowns in future podcasts. I want to thank you so much. The reference was 2 Timothy 4.8 and also Genesis chapter 15 and verse 1. Thank you. Take care. God bless. And Lord willing, we will talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N dot org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.